Welcome to Bethlehem Baptist Church. Good morning. Nice to see you guys all here. Just be honest. Who's been up since 5am? Four. I heard a four from the crowd. That's nice. So nice to have you here. For those blurry-eyed parents and bright, smiley children who got up at 4am, nice to have you here. Merry Christmas. Uh, a nice hiding my into our place uh, here for this glorious morn, and for those who are joining us online, so nice to have you with us. Um, we're going to sing together, we're going to hear God's word together, and I want to encourage you guys to just lift your voices uh, in those moments when we're singing these beautiful carols, all remembering this amazing moment for us as a family, uh, where we remember Jesus' birth, God with us. And we're going to start this morning with a reading. And I always feel like the best way to hear the Christmas story is from the mouth of a child. So I'm going to invite Ava to kick off our morning uh, with the beginning of the story of Christmas, and then we'll sing together. 2,000 years ago, an event took place which stands as the central point of human history, the birth of Jesus Christ. It happened like this. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a Galilean town, Nazareth by name, to a young woman named Mary, who was engaged to a man called Joseph. The angel gave Mary a message. Do not be afraid, Mary. God loves you dearly. You are going to be the mother of a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be known as the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his forefather David, and he will be king forever. His reign shall never end. Then Mary spoke to the angel, asking, How can this be, as she was not married? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Your child will therefore be called Holy, the Son of God. When Mary was engaged to Joseph, just before their marriage, she discovered she was to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her future husband, who was a good man, did not want to see her disgraced, planned to break off the engagement quietly. But while he was turning the matter over in his mind, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What she has conceived is conceived through the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son, whom you will call Jesus the Saviour, for it is he who will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had told him. At that time, Caesar Augustus made a proclamation that the entire inhabited world should be registered. Everybody had to go to the town of their birth to be registered. Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to David's town, Bethlehem, in Judea, because he was a direct descendant of David, to be registered with his wife Mary, now in the later stages of her pregnancy. So it happened that it was while they were there in Bethlehem that Mary came to the end of her time. She gave birth to her first son, a child, and as there was no place for them in the inn, she wrapped him up and laid him in a manger. I'd like to invite you to stand as we sing Silent Night.
shepherds in the same part of the country, keeping guard throughout the night over their flock in the open fields. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord stood by their side. The splendor of the Lord blazed around them, and they were terror-stricken. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen, I bring you glorious news of great joy, which is for all the people. This very day in David's town, a Savior has been born for you. He is Christ, the Lord. Let this prove it to you. You will find a baby wrapped up and lying in a manger. And in a flash there appeared with the angel a vast host of the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. Peace upon earth among men of goodwill. J. 
shepherds said to each other, now let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing which the Lord has shown us. So they came as fast as they could and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen the sight, they told everybody what had been said to them about the little child. And those who heard them were amazed at what the shepherds said. The shepherds went back to work glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen which had happened just as they had been told
some time after Jesus' birth, there arrived from the east a party of astrologers making for Jerusalem and inquiring as they went, Where is the child born to be king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come here to pay homage to him. King Herod heard about this, and he, f- and he felt deeply threatened. He summoned all the scholars and leaders, asking them where it was foretold Christ should be born. Their reply was, in Bethlehem, in Judea, for that is what the prophets wrote about the matter. Then Herod invited the wise men to meet him privately and found out from them the exact time when the star appeared. And then he sent them off to Bethlehem, saying, When you get there, search for this little child with the utmost care. And when you have found him, come back and tell me so, that I may go and worship him too. The wise men listened to the king and then went on their way to Bethlehem. And the star, which they had seen in the east, traveled in front of them until it shone immediately above the place where the little child lay. The sight of the star filled them with indescribable joy. Happy 
you guys to grab a seat. We're going to, the 4am parents over here are probably going to not want us to come and interview them, but we're just going to do a little bit of a quick interview of the children in the room to see what they've opened up this morning. Okay? So when the mic comes your way, don't be shy. So who wants to tell us what they've got this morning? We see some hands. Any kids? You got one already? Right over here. Tell us your name. Oh, way over there. And what you got? It's a long way to go. I got a soft toy. You got a soft toy. What sort of soft toy? A unicorn pillow soft toy. A unicorn pillow soft toy. Of course. Nice. And what's your name? Beautiful? Um, Grace. Grace. Great name. What did you get for Christmas? Um... Don't make up stories. (laughs) What did you get? A watch? Oh my goodness, she's wearing it right now. It's a Peppa Pig watch. Beautiful. Pig. Oh. Love it, Jeans. love it. Have you? What's your name? Mila. Hey Mila, what'd you get? A pen watch. A pen watch. What you can't see. A, a what? What you can't see? Invisible pen. Invisible, invisible pen that you can't see. Wow. I, I, got, I got one that's of those a, when I was younger as well. That's a genius parent 
right there. I just want some advice for you. They are really easy to lose. They're really, yeah. Really they easy. Just... Okay, I've got one over here. Your name, sweetheart? Amira. Amira, nice to meet you. And what did you get for Christmas today? A Fitbit. A Fitbit. Oh, it's like, nice. it's like in the first service, Weepix. We thought the person said Weepix. It's a fit, said Fitbit. Yeah. Fitbit watch. I probably wish oh, they got man. Weepix. Watches are popular today. Come on, I'm so, everyone's a bit shy this morning. What's going on? Any more children? Oh, here well, we go. I'm going to get me a young teenager. Have you guys yep. at the Goulds, at the Goulds, have you guys opened presents at the Goulds yet? No, sad uh, place, yeah, the Goulds this morning. Oh, what, oh, what did you get? Jeans. Jeans? Nice. I like them. I got From one your dad here. and mum. What's your name, buddy? Ethan. Ethan, what did you get? I got a flower pot in the shape of a Lego man and a Bible with big print so I can actually read it. Mummy. Respect. Okay. One more. Oh, right down the back. I got an Apple iPad and two kittens. Two kittens? I don't know which is worse. <laughs> okay, I got, got one, someone down the back here. What's your name, beautiful? Oh, she's got very shy. That's okay. That's okay. Maybe Dad, Dad, do you know what she got for Christmas? Her name's Isla, and she got a toy puppy. She got a toy puppy? Toy puppy. The real one? No, it's a toy. Not a real one. Like, because toy that's, is a breed, right? That's so, the dream. That's the dream for like, later on. How'd you keep that secret? I think that's it. We're wrapping up okay. on the kids' Christmas presents, and we're going to hand you over to the biggest kid in the room. That's right. Pastor Craig. Thanks, Craig. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Clint. Hey, let's just give the band a round of our appreciation, eh? Fantastic. I bought my wife a, one of those um, diamond bracelets that you can't see. <laughs> anyway, enough said. Hey, this morning I'm going to do something unique. I'm going to be talking about something that pastors only get a chance to talk about once in every 800 years. What? What? Well, we'll get there, and I'll explain why. Let's have a look at what this psalm says. Psalm 19, verses 1 to 4. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the earth. Amen. Isn't that so true? When we look out in the night sky, we just get to stand in awe of, uh, of our Creator and just go, wow. And yet the stars don't speak to us, but they speak to us in so many amazing ways. Uh, a few years ago, I was down at the bottom of Fiordland with a friend of mine who's a pastor, Peter Foster, and we were staying in a dock hut for the night. And I looked outside the window and I could see it was a cloudless night. And so we grabbed these big, horrible, plastic dock hut mattresses that you have there, dragged them out, threw them on the grass, and we lay there for over an hour, and we just stared up at the, uh, at the stars. And it was remarkable, because as you'd appreciate when you do this, your eyes become adjusted, and over a period of about 20 minutes, it's just like the universe unfolds in front of you, and uh, we were in awe of it. And in the words of uh, President Teddy Roosevelt, after doing the same thing, staring at the stars one night with a friend, he said, now that we have right-sized ourselves, let's go to bed. <laughs> of course, that's what happens, isn't it? We right-size ourselves and we see how big the universe is. Louis Giglio, who's a, a wonderful um, preacher and pastor, did a sermon series called Indescribable. And he was describing to us how the world is made. And uh, he put it into context for us. He said, 
if the continental United States was the size of our solar system, just our solar system, where our planets that we're familiar with reside, if the, our solar system was the size of the uh, United States, then planet Earth would be a 20-cent piece in size on continental United States. And when we realize that our solar system is one of billions, uncountable number of solar systems, all of a sudden we've right-sized ourselves again, haven't we? And so that's what makes it more wonderful that God has come to visit us here. But the, um, the beautiful thing about the stars is that before television, before movies, before books, stars were the only show in town. They were the only show in town. And when you lived outside in a semi-rural environment like many of uh, our ancestors would have done, the stars were something that were describable because they were known. And therefore they became for the world in its day a, a symbol and a sign of God's goodness, but also a sign of what is changing in the universe around. And so I want to introduce you to somebody, some of you may be familiar with him over the last week. There's been a few articles in the newspaper concerning this chap here, a guy by the name of Johannes Kepler. He's not an ancestor of mine, uh, <laughs> thankfully. Pretty fierce looking guy. Uh, but he's a German from the 16th century, and um, he was born in and around the time that Galileo Galilei invented the telescope, the telescope, which makes us think, the times that you've seen on your Christmas cards, the wise men staring off with their telescopes, about 1,600 years too early on that one. But what uh, Galileo, uh, sorry, what uh, Johannes Kepler discovered amongst other things, was that the, the nature of the planets moved in an elliptical pattern around the sun, okay? And with that in mind, he was able to track and uh, test the theory of how the stars moved and the speed they moved and what we now know as astronomy. <clears throat> What's happened over the last few weeks has been quite unique, quite spectacular in respect to astronomical history. Because the, star, uh, the stars, should I say the planets, Saturn and Jupiter, across closely and directly opposite the sun at this, this, this uh, month. And so what's happened in the sky around us is this phenomenon, where Saturn and Jupiter are closely aligned. And uh, this is viewable from all around the world, but if you go out tonight and you go out in the darkness around about 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, or maybe when it gets dark a bit later, if you look at the moon... And if you look at 8 o'clock on the moon, is that right? 8 o'clock, you should see these two stars closely aligned. And so these stars here have been moving towards each other. They're millions of miles apart, behind and in front of each other, but they have converged here in this moment. And this is the first time that they've been converged at night time for us to see in 800 years. But what Johannes Kepler said, is that, uh, oh, by the way, if you miss it, you get to see it again in 2239. Um, so just hang around. Um, but what Kepler calculated, and this has been proven by scientists and astronomers since, is that uh, this occurred at 7 BC, seven years before Christ, three years before Herod died. So that puts this moment of astronomical history right in the ballpark of when Jesus was born. And the phenomenon is more phenomenal than that because a very, very unique experience happened in 7 BC. This alignment of these planets didn't happen just once, but it happened three times in that year just because the nature of the, 
the stars moving in an elliptical pattern. And so what we find now is that this story that we thought maybe was uh, a little bit of myth, a little bit of legend, all of a sudden has more power to it than it's ever had. Because why? Because we get told that science and faith, science and scripture, have once again aligned to tell us the story of Jesus. So when I read this to you, why don't you take note of how many times the star appears? Because we get to see that there's a, there's a star in this story, which we know is Jesus. But there's another star, which is a star. Let me read to you. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will, be, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose from, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented with him, him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So we see how the star appears a number of different times on this journey that the, the, uh, the wise men are making. And it raises for us this conundrum that's always existed within the human heart. Faith, doubt, and science. And sometimes science causes us to doubt, and sometimes science causes us to have faith. Sometimes faith causes us to have doubt, but in this case, science has dispelled the doubt. And so we find ourselves once again standing in awe of the goodness of God. I stand certainly in awe of the goodness of God because once in 800 years, a pastor gets to talk about this as a phenomenon that's happening in our skies right now. And so we stop and we pause and we take our faith and we add to it the astronomical realities of today and we say once again God is glorified. Once again the story is being retold, not by us, not by scripture, but by the heavens around us. And so we read, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Let's pray. Lord, in these moments, we capture the stillness and the majesty of that wonderful moment when Jesus, the Son of God, was born into our world. The angels celebrated. The shepherds stood in awe. The wise men gathered. The, wor the world celebrated the fact that its creator, its savior, had arrived. And so for us today, Lord, we, 
we stop and we pause and we try to grasp hold of what it is that has happened in our, in our world in these last uh, few weeks. A reminder that the Bethlehem star that pointed to Jesus is still evident amongst us and testifying as the heavens do to the glory of God and the power of the story of the Son of Christ. And so for every reason, every good reason, Lord, that's why we're here today, to worship and to celebrate your goodness to us, the beauty and the simplicity of Jesus being born in a natural and yet supernatural event for us to enjoy and for us to celebrate and for us to stand in awe of. And so we thank you for this, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the team's going to finish off with a final song, but uh, if after lunch today you are interested in what I just said, just Google Saturn Jupiter Christmas Star, and you'll be inundated with a wonderful amount of information about what I've just described to you. Thanks, Clint. <laughs> A king, let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior. Songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Christmas BBC and I hope you have the most amazing day with your family and Waira Uh Be safe and God bless you in the season.